Welcome to Ocean Water. We hope you feel refreshed by the living water of Jesus Christ as we help people receive drinking water from the ocean for free. Thanks for joining us for this weekend's message. And if you enjoy it, please share it with a friend. percent of the world's surface is covered in ocean water, yet one out of eight people in the world have a water problem. And this is really backwards, and we aim to fix that. Now, I'm here today at the beach where I live in California, and we work every day on providing a decentralized and free solution to this problem. It's called small-scale desalinization. This is where we remove salt from the water and we make it drinkable. Now, why is this important? Well, did you know that those people, the one in eight, also have the highest water cost per person on the planet? That's right. People with the worst access pay the most for it. That should really make our blood boil if we follow Jesus. It affects every race of people in the world. Now the good news is that it does not have to be this way. We provide a relatively low cost solution along rural and remote coastal areas where these systems are deployed on really fun trips that are a blast where we make a big difference. Now we install these systems and we also start a church and work through a church. Now why do we do that? Well, one word, Africa. Africa's had more outside investment from governments and NGOs in the last 50 years than anywhere on earth, and yet it's basically as worse off as it's ever been. Because if you have money and you help people and you work around them instead of through them, it doesn't work. So we always work through a local church or we help start a church because this group of people are the hands and feet of Jesus who live there year round, who are there for people all the time, long after a trip has been accomplished. Now, uh, I also help other people do beach talks. I wanna be very clear. We're not trying to have one big church. We are trying to make disciples one at a time and plant churches one at a time. That's it. Our church in St. Clemente had over 60 people the last time we met in February. That's a lot of people. Now I'm quite aware that some people uh, don't like a small church. They like things big and that's fine. That's why we have freedom of religion in America. So if big is your gig, by all means, go rock it out. We like small and rad. We want to give our time, effort, energy, and lives to a network, a movement of small rad churches. It's the same love for Jesus, just a different methodology. You know, when we get to heaven and all the pastors get together and have their monthly meeting because that's what pastors do, 99% of the pastors in heaven, when they talk about their church, will have had less than 50 people in it. Large churches are a recent sort of trendy development in the last 80 years, especially in North America. History paints a much different picture. In the last, a book called Church Planting Movements by David Harrison really helps you understand this. When you look at a historical perspective, you see that God's always worked through small, genuine groups of people to be his hands and feet all over the world. So at Ocean Water, we want to be small and rad. And when we sense that there's like an alpha leader in our midst, we want to give them the tools and trust them and get out of their way to go make another one. Yeah. I want to be very clear. 
at o here at Ocean Water, we're trying to play global small ball. You can, what we've learned is you can basically have a church up to about 60 people and it doesn't cost anything. Isn't that awesome? You know, 40 million Americans just filed jobless claims and there are hundreds of areas around the world along the coast that don't have a church. Isn't it exciting that we found a free way to do church so we can help people in a free way overseas? This is a really exciting time to be alive. So each week when I do my beach talk, I'm providing a message for our church here in San Clemente, but I'm also modeling in a very simple way how easy it is to start something that helps people with no money. Now, we're not trying to get people who already have jobs to give money to our church. That's good because we believe in generosity. It's a part of our worship, but we're trying to get people who already have a job to start a church. That's a big difference. Now, why? Well, because I've been to 42 countries and I've seen the devastation and inequity caused by a lack of access to water, food, housing, and education in areas where we need simple, free, scalable solutions so we can help people in those environments. So this week's Beach Talk, we want to, get, we want to continue in our study in the book of uh, Daniel, about the life of Daniel. We've called this time together Waves, and today I want to talk to you about being coached. Did you know the best surfers in the world have one thing in common? They all have coaches. Now today we're gonna to talk about how important it is to learn from people who've gone ahead of us, to have a spiritual coach, people that we look up to. Now, we've shared for the last six weeks that before every blessing comes a test, God tests you to see what you can handle before he gives it to you. Look at what God says are the five ways to be coached in life. Now, the first thing that you need to do is you need to make a commitment to never stop learning. What does that mean? It all starts with the choice. Nobody can decide for you. You've got to make this choice yourself. You have to realize how important learning is for the rest of your life. Proverbs says, commit yourself. That's making a commitment to instruction and tune in your ears to hear the words of knowledge. You know, I've been in school for 26 years of my life. 12 years in grade school, four years for a bachelor's degree, four years for a master's degree, five years on a doctorate. I love learning. Your education, and you know this, it doesn't stop when you graduate. I've actually heard people say, well, I'm glad I finished my education, so now I can start my career. <laughs> the rest of your life is an education. There are a lot of things God wants to teach us that we've not, let, not yet learned. Learning is not a stage of life. Learning is your life. Learning is your lifestyle. God wants you to learn something every day. So he says, commit yourself to instruction. Make a commitment to never stop learning. What new skill are you working on right now as we've all been at home? Is this skill going to help you next year get ahead in your work, your life, your family, your business? Are you going to be any different? Are you going to be better? Are you going to come out of this stronger? It's our choice. Will you be wiser? It's our choice. Now we make that commitment because we want to keep growing until the day we see Jesus. <clears throat> the moment you stop learning, you stop influencing. You can never take a person farther than you yourself has been. So why should you never stop learning? Well, it brings success and profit. Do you want those things in your life? Then you need to be continuously learning as a person. The more you learn, the more you earn. Ecclesiastes says if an ax is dull and its edge is unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. 
If you've got an ax and you're chopping wood and the blade is dull, obviously it takes a lot more time and energy to chop the wood. If your ax is sharp, which represents skill, then it doesn't take as much effort. It's simply saying here, work smarter, not harder. You're never wasting your time when you're sharpening your ax. Notice it didn't say desire. It didn't say prayer. It says skill will bring success. You can pray all you want, have all the desire you want, write down all your dreams and goals, but if you don't have the skill, you're not going to be as successful as you could be. Now, I know a lot of people who have the desire to be successful, a desire to grow. They desire to be effective, but they're not willing to learn the skills. You've got to go back to school and get a new skill or whatever. Skill, as the Bible says, is what will bring success. And not only that, but the Bible says it'll bring profit. Proverbs 19, 8 says, do yourself a favor and learn all you can. Then remember what you learn and you will prosper. You'll have a better life. The more you learn, the more you'll earn. Now, humility asks questions. Pride says, well, I don't want to ask questions. I'll look dumb. Well, there are no dumb questions in life. The dumb thing is to not ask questions. So in humility, you'll actually learn more because you'll ask questions. There's a verse in the Bible that says, counsel in the heart of man is like a deep well, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Daniel was a man of understanding. Proverbs 23, 12 says, pay attention to your teacher and learn all you can. Now here's the second key that the Bible tells us to be coached. Learn the lessons of the prior generation. The whole reason why I wanted to talk about this was because there was a mistake that King Belshazzar made. He could have learned lessons that would have prevented his kingdom from being overthrown because his grandfather had made all these mistakes, but he didn't listen, he didn't learn, and as a result, he lost it all. Learn the lessons from the people that have gone before you. All you have to do is ask. <clears throat> this concept is actually something that God commands us to do. Let me give you an example of it. The Bible in the book of Job, chapters 8, verses 8 and 9 says, Ask the former generations and find out what their fathers learned. For we were born only yesterday and we know so little. He said, I want you to go out and ask the former generations, so you need to learn the lessons of people who came before you. If you don't, you're being prideful. If you're humble, you'll learn. Well, what does that mean? In your life, you're going to be wise. You're going to need four kinds of people. First, you're going to need a mentor. Now, these are coaches. In life, if you're going to succeed, you're going to need the way God intends you to. You're going to need some mentors and some models, some partners, and some friends. Now, what are these? Well, mentors are coaches. They're the people that help you along in life. In my life, I have one, Ralph Moore. Ralph's pastored, planted churches for 50 years. He was used by God to be a catalyst in architecting a network of over 2,400 churches. We talk every Wednesday. I always come with a set of questions. I always read what he tells me to read. I always do what he asks. It's a great relationship. Now, the second thing you need is models. Models are already doing uh, what you want to be doing in your life. Now, we learn fastest from models. You need partners, and partners are those who row the boat with you. They're like your coworkers in what you're working on. And then, of course, you need friends. Friends are helping you, aren't helping you with your goal. They're just your friends. They love you no matter what you do. You can really mess up and they love you. Um, they'll just be there for you no matter what's going on. You know, a friend walks into your life when everybody else is walking out. Remember that. Remember that. 
Your friends are there when you need them the most. <clears throat> the number three key to being coached, the Bible says, is that we're to maintain a humble attitude that honors God. Maintain throughout your life a humble attitude that honors God. Humility and teachability actually go together. Be humble or you're stumble. The Bible says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Humility begins simply realizing that you're not God. If you ever get under stress, repeat this three times. I'm not God. I'm not God. I'm not God. And I don't need to be. Takes the pressure off. Takes the stress off. That's humility. If you don't realize that, you're not a humble person. Proverbs 15.33 says, Reverence for the Lord is an education in itself. You must be humble before you can ever receive honor. You want to start out on a lifelong goal, be wise, get to know God. And the more you know God, the more you'll get to know His Word. You're going to simply be a wiser person. You'll be wiser in relationships. <clears throat> you'll be wiser in the way you manage your money, in the way you handle conflict, in the way that you diffuse and solve problems. You'll just be wiser. Because you're not simply depending on your own intellect, you're getting the wisdom of God. Now, the wisdom of the ages maintain a humble attitude. James 4, 6, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Why does God oppose the proud? Because they're unteachable. They think they know it all. Humility says, I can learn from anybody. Pride says, I can't learn from anybody. Humility means you can literally learn from anyone. Now, number four, key to being coached, is refuse to fill your mind with garbage. Now, we're all worried about water pollution and air pollution, and we should be. We need to take care of the earth. But those very often, we allow our minds to be polluted and corrupted all the time through social media, through the entertainment, through not reading books. In fact, there's never been more mind pollution than there is right now. We become like the content we fill our minds with. Now, there are basically a couple different kinds of content that you can fill your mind with. You can fill it with poison, stuff that will really hurt you. There's concepts that can actually derange and degrade you and ultimately defeat you. There's self-defeating thoughts that we allow into our lives and that we buy into. The third thing you can fill your mind with is brain food. Brain food. This is the good stuff. Books. God's word. Makes us a more well-rounded person. <clears throat> but in addition to brain food, you need superfood. Now that's the Bible. Now this is why I read every word of God every year of my life. Because I want God's word to be in my mind every single day. We're getting ready to start another chance to read through the entire Bible in the year on July 27th, I'd love for you to message me and have you be a part of that. There's already a group forming. Um, now, the Bible <coughs> answers all of life's questions. Now, you might say, well, I don't, have a, I don't really have an appetite for reading the Bible. Well, it's because <laughs> it's like it, when you go from eating junk food to eating like fruits and vegetables and lean meats and nuts and stuff that's actually health for you that comes right out of the ground and doesn't touch anything and gets right into your body. There's a transition there where you have to get used to that. <clears throat> you see, there's no reason why we can't listen to every word of God in our life, every year of our life. 
the average person spends four and a half hours on their phone now. We can easily spend 10 minutes a day listening to God's word get into our mind. It's so easy, you don't even have to read it. You can hit play and let it fill your mind. So let's quit making excuses and quit sounding stupid. We absolutely have time to read the Bible every year. It's no problem. You see, we need to spend less time on Facebook and more time in God's book. Now, number five, if you're going to learn to be coached, you've got to put into practice what you've already learned. Putting into practice means that God teaches you and then you act on it. God is not in the business of simply satisfying your curiosity. He tells you one thing and he waits for you to act on it. Now, once you act on it, then you get to go to the next step. Once you act on it, then you go to get it, you go to level two or three or four. You have to apply the truth. You have to act on it. You have to internalize what you've learned. We all know way more than we do. We want to be doers, not hearers. A lot of people would say, well, I've been a Christian for 20 years, but really they've just had the same year of Christianity over and over again for 20 years. They haven't learned anything. They've been stuck in year one and done year one 20 times. Being a Christian isn't about how long you've been one. It's about do you apply what you know? Now, the Bible says we're supposed to forgive our enemies. Do we believe that? Do we do it? Do, you, do we really do it? The Bible says a lot of crazy things that God expects us to do. Now, Belshazzar, this king, he loses everything because he failed to do this last point. He failed to put into practice what he had seen and learned. And he pridefully refused to learn the lessons of the people that had gone before him. Now, there's this guy who comes along. He's the grandson, the most famous king of the empire that day, Nebuchadnezzar. He saw Nebuchadnezzar literally lose his mind for about seven years, all out of pride. He saw all of his mistakes. Now he saw his grandfather come back and correct those things. He saw the good and the bad in his life, and he chose to ignore God. Are you choosing to ignore God? Are you following what God wants you to, to do and to be in your life? I sure hope so. I'm praying for that for you. So our kingdoms can be taken away and divided, just like this story. Now, Daniel was the one guy in the empire who had the courage to point it out. He says in 522, Belshazzar, even though you knew all that happened to your father, you need to understand that the Babylonian culture, he, he called you to lead it, but you didn't learn and you refused to humble yourself. Now, God who rules from heaven is going to correct that. Now, here's the big lesson from this story. If you don't humbly learn from the prior generations, that we'll end up making the same mistakes. We don't want to make mistakes. <clears throat> we, don't, we want to avoid the mistakes of the people that, gone, that have gone before us, not repeat the same ones. We want to have a heart of humble learning. A lot of us are going to miss heaven by 18 inches because that's the distance from our head to our heart. Respond when God's softening your heart. Get your head in line. God will open up doors. 1 Timothy 6.21, some people have missed the most important thing in their life. They don't know God. Do you? You might know string theory or chaos theory or quantum physics. This area is full of smart people. Doesn't mean you know God. He's going to say this. 
Did you get to know me? Were we friends? Did you build a relationship with me and my son who I sent on earth to die on a cross for you? You know about it, but did you learn it? Did you walk in relationship? You may have had religion, but that doesn't mean you have a relationship. Let me ask you a real question. Do you have God in your life? You say, oh yeah, I've gotten God in my life. Really? Has he made any big changes? Has he transformed your life in any way at all? No. But you're like, yeah, I've got God. If God is in your life and he hasn't changed anything, God isn't in your life. And we can ask him to do that today. You may have gotten religion, but you certainly didn't get God. Some people have missed the most important thing in your life, and it's just simply this, a relationship with a God who made us. And it all starts with humility. In fact, right now we can just pray quickly. Would you pray a simple prayer with me? It really doesn't matter what you say. Just talk to God. The most important thing is that your attitude is humble. You might just start with, God, I've never really said this, but uh, you're God and I'm not. I need you in my life. Thank you, Lord. I believe God's working in people's hearts today. And I'm excited about that. Because in the next 12 months, we're going to be doing a lot of work in four different countries and four different languages. And that's exciting because God's a global God and we get to be a part of that. Now, the more we have at Ocean Water, the more we can help people all around the world. And I want to encourage you today to make generosity a part of your worship you can go online at oceanwater.com and click on give. I want you to pray and I want you to follow the Holy Spirit's leading like I want you to in every part of your life. Thanks so much for tuning in for this week's Beach Talk. If you'd like more information about Ocean Water Church, how to join us on an upcoming trip, how to be part of one of our clean water projects, how to financially support our movement, or even information on how you can start an Ocean Water Church yourself, please look us up at oceanwater.com.